Hallelujah. That's probably better. Uh, I told you a few moments ago that um, Grace Christian Center was uh, directed by their pastor, Jim Martin, to uh, turn uh, tune in tonight if you know if they were available to to tune in. So this is really it was. Uh, I'm glad. I'm uh, we're honored to be hosting their service, kind of in uh, proxy of the condition that they're not meeting tonight. But what's uh, really unusual is that they're not meeting because of a heat wave. Isn't that amazing? I always think a Dayton of cold. You know, they have uh, privileged us a few times in tuning in here where they couldn't make it a church because of uh, maybe the cold or icy roads. And of course, Jim, he says he can. He, oh, Corey. I don't You know, Dayton, if you're hearing a voice, it's Corey. We're, we won't even. Yeah. But Corey loves you, you know, because he's 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 part of he's part of a mockley and Dayton. So here's the email that most of you got tonight, Wednesday night, or Wednesday, June 15th. This was sent from Pastor Jim. We will have no service due to the high temperatures. The entire region is under an excessive heat warning. As I write this, it's uh, 10:30, and the temperature is already at over 90. So. The humidity is 61. The temperature forecast is to be 96 or higher with a heat index of nearly 105. Now, I checked ours. It's, it was about that at service time. Okay, But here's the reason why. As uh, many of you know, our building has no roof insulation. It's the way it's constructed. And a uh, wonderful building, but it was the, it's, it's the way it's construct, uh, constructed. Um, as many of you know, our building has no roof insulation, nor is there any space in which insulation could be installed. It is a ceiling with, he describes it briefly, tar paper and shingles. This means that on sunny days, the heat can radiate into the sanctuary, making it very uncomfortable. Uh, though we have a good, and they do have good air conditioning, it will be a challenge to keep the temperatures below 80. So I wouldn't be there either, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so he says he goes on please feel free to go online and watch pastor bronx service at the family person or gives the address thank you so much for showing up we appreciate and love you guys so much and uh your pastor and his lovely wife are just part of us and many of you are all of you are that that uh, tune in and we hope this is one of your you know this is your second church so we appreciate you being here with us hallelujah tonight when you're leaving the sanctuary, uh, you'll consider maybe giving something. Um, we appreciate your giving. We're not taking the time right now, but um, we may think to remind you afterwards. But thank you all for giving on a continual basis as the Holy Spirit directs you. It really helps. It really does. And thank you for being sensitive. We appreciate it so much. Um, this coming Sunday night, we won't have service because it's Father's Day on Sunday. Um, which will also mean we will not have the discipleship training class. That class is all the more, it's more, it's becoming more and more relevant to me how important, just how God-ordained it really is. I had someone 
FaceTime me today. They don't go to this church physically. They're in another state, and uh, they've just recently been saved. A lot of stuff they're coming out of, drugs, alcohol, a lot of addictions and different things. And uh, they were so excited, so excited um, about having that service uh, to go to and to begin to watch it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the Lord has directed me for years to do a just real basic discipleship training um, in that start them off, what just happened to you? You know, we're teaching, for the most part, on a weekly services, we're teaching um, college-age level curriculum as far as doctrine and sometimes in comparison to the to the body of christ at large we're teaching probably master degree in and doctorate degree doctrine compared compared to we're believing that even in the midst of that that god's anointing teaches helps bring forth a teaching on a continual basis where the people that are seated in our midst, they understand. They still get a grasp of understanding. But all the more, it's just amazing to me that the Lord has brought to fruition after so many years that we're, we're starting this class. And what he really wants to do with it is to pair it with a, an actual physical manual, if you, you would, and uh, my, my biggest challenge, but it's not a challenge, it's just like anything else. If you teach something of revelation, um, you have to depend on the Holy Spirit no matter where you go and whatever depth. Well, my dependency is getting this right down on their... Do you, know, do you understand that there's... We know, but do you understand that a lot of people don't even know... They know this is a book we call the Bible. They don't even know where to even start. They have no idea where, I mean, you know, they don't even know how to open it, <laughs> per se. And so we're going back this past Sunday night. We went back. My biggest challenge is I don't want to, I don't want to speak, I don't want to speak Christianese. I don't want to use our terms. I tried to stay away from born again. I will explain born again, but you know, what's born again? Born, uh, born what? <laughs> born where? B what are you? They once. So we went all the way back and went through even, not just introducing them to what just happened to them, but to make sure that they understand. And uh, we went through and even concluded with a. Um, what we would call a sinner's prayer, making sure that they, you know, that they understood, understand what they're doing. And so um, the challenge sometimes is to revert, go, go to a real basic, a real basic level. And uh, so I, I, I believe we did that. And I was asking others, I, I, I very, very, very rarely ask um, 
but it's important that um, that it's accomplishing what the Lord wants, which is simplicity, simplicity. And that's important while you're out there in the world. I'm not I'm not saying don't 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 try to use slang. Don't try to be cool. I mean, just be anointed and be yourself. If talk like you normally do. People can normally tell if you're trying to put on like an air and try to be cool. Just You know, if I'm if I'm speaking to some Hispanic guys, or black guys, there's no need in me trying to act black or act Hispanic. But I'm not going to act, you know, like I'm not going to try to act super white either. I'm going to just be me. Me plus the anointing will touch people's lives. Do you understand? Now, Paul said, I became all things to all men that I might win some. I understand that. And sometimes I'll say something that I know catches people's lives. But in this gospel, it carries its own weight. It really carries its own weight. You don't have to flash it up. You don't have to (laughs) pretty it up. You just, simplicity. And so we're wanting to give something to people from the, you know, get-go of what just happened because this person said, I, I don't even know, you know, I know that they got born again. I really do. I believe they prayed the sinner's prayer a month or so ago. But they're like, I, I really don't even know where to start. Well, we're going to show them where to start. If they come to a church like this, they've got a good chance of making it. Uh, but do you understand that new converts, if they don't start putting down roots right away, you're going to lose them. If they're just infants, well, no, if they're born again, they're going to make it. <laughs> They've got the, the seed is a perfect seed. But if it, if it doesn't begin to, to maturate, if it doesn't begin to be watered, fertilized, and nurtured, uh, its chances of making it become so much that's why the Lord taught disciple. That's why the Lord taught discipleship. That's why Paul taught discipleship. Timothy, give this to faithful men just like yourself. In other words, nurture them. It's the Christianity is discipleship. It's not just winning them. It's discipleship. So keep praying for this Sunday night class that. Uh, that it's real simple. Uh, I don't want to preach. I don't even want to teach. I do want to teach, but I don't want to teach like I'm teaching you. Okay. And uh, come, please come if you'd like. Um, you have to be quiet for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, no, Corey, just don't come, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we love Corey. Well, praise God. Just waiting on Him. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we go ahead and pass out those prophecies? A few weeks ago, we had... uh, I say a few weeks ago. This is the 15th. 
So it's been a couple of weeks ago at least. The Lord spoke um, some prophecies. And we love to, you know, if the Lord directs us different, we don't always go over, over every single prophecy again. But um, as the Lord directs, we do. Because we love to honor the Holy Spirit. If He's going to speak, then we want to we want to bring it to a, uh, a notation and say, look, and by the way, those of you that are watching, um, you can uh, go to our website. I wish I could hand you one of these through the camera, but uh, it won't take you but 30 seconds to, if you're, if you uh, have our website um, on your phone or smart device, just, uh, Go on there, and I'm, I'm. If you go to the face page, I'm trying to remember, up at the top there's a little tray. Tap that; it'll open up to teachings, and then you go to teachings, and it'll go to prophecies, and uh, it'll take you to the uh, the prophecies, the prophecy page of 2022. And this is uh, the prophecy. The name of this prophecy that we're going to cover first is intimacy. And promises, intimacy and promises before the promise. Interesting name. But I thought it was a good title that uh, kind of describes what the Holy Spirit is saying here. And that was on May 29th. So that's uh, actually both of these are on May 29th that we're going to look at. So hallelujah. I'm going to just pray. I'm going to pray for you that are watching and pray for everyone in here and pray for where we're headed in these days. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the word of God, the written word of God. And then we thank you for the present day speakings of the Lord, the prophetic words. Daddy, we love you so much. We seek not to impress man by an outward appearance of our spirituality, but, Lord, that truly we walk in a place where that you transform us into the image of Christ. Then out of that transformation comes the subsequence of that, which is the blind see and the lame walk. We seek you more than we seek the miracles. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us this call and you've, you've hooked us up. You've brought us together with like brethren, many of which are watching tonight, sisters in the Lord that love you the same and have the same call and affection towards you. We love you, Lord. Open up these prophecies, your word to us tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So wonderful to have people that are watching that have a, a like vision. And it's not a like, it's just, I mean, it is, it is synced uh, line on line. And uh, it's just one vision. I was listening to Pastor Jim today. It was a recent message. I think it was a, a week or so ago. On, uh, I can't remember the title. Goals, goals were part of it. But he was saying something that 
he was talking about the vision of the house and the house there and the vision of his church and how that everyone in it should be able to repeat it. And he said something in, in his vernacular that we say around here all the time is that, um, however he said it, the essence was not the vision of the house of the church was, the essence was not first place the outpouring or the, the revival, but it was, as we often say around here, it's to know Him. To get to know Him. Then out of that, out of that, subsequently, all of everything, everything else will come into place. The blind will see, the lame will walk, if we know Him. I mean know Him. Not just say I know Him, but do, of course, that entails doing all the things to get to know Him. It really does. So, hallelujah. This first prophecy, I hope you're looking at it, and I hope we give time to some of you to, to find it. I'm going to start off, and then as the Lord wills, we'll uh, comment and share, maybe even, I'm sure, a little bit from the Word here. The Holy Spirit spoke on this occasion and he said, if you'll follow this path, and he specifically said this path of intimacy and fellowship in my spirit, of course we understand that to be the Holy Ghost, if you'll allow it in your personal life with or without music, because we were this came right after a, a really... I think a really good, wonderful worship time, with or without music, with or without compliment from any other source except the adoration coming out of your own priesthood, out of your own spirit. If you'll separate yourself as an individual man or woman and not rely upon your wife, your husband, your sister, your brother, no other person but you and me, says the Lord. Okay, then he, he's going to tell us if we do all that, then what will happen? But I want to say something just for a moment before we read and go into then. He says, I'll visit you. And he's not talking about just a, a kiss. He really wants to visit us. A, a kiss is, uh, is wonderful. Uh, that's the beginning part of a, a marriage. I won't go too deep into that. But there's obviously, for married, there's something beyond a kiss. And uh, the Lord wants to crown this place and every place and whoever's watching, Not I've mentioned Grace Christian, but there's a lot of people from a lot of other places that are tuned in tonight and will watch the lord is is trying to get us all uh, not only revival ready but battle ready to take this land and with it he's trying to i want to say this in a good way descent this was usually said and it's a negative but he's kind of wanting to desensitize us in a good way. Not where we're not 
sensitive to him, but that our senses, our worship, our praise is not dependent on any outside stimuli or stimulus. Thank God for Harry and Robert and everybody and thank God for Jamie Legault and their worship team and the worship team out in Tulsa and any other worshipers that bring in the presence of God and my goodness corporate worship is so important but pastor Dave used to talk about how that we need to develop a place in Christ in our private worship that really it goes beyond having to have anything from the outside to prop us up like when I say the outside I'm talking about nice music playing and we i love to sit and pray with worship music i love that that's and there's no that's perfect but the foundation of my life in private worship has been built in worshiping the lord without any other stimulus why because it's important that it comes to a place where it's just me and him dave said what if you were what if you were chained in a dark cell with uh, between Uga and Olga, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound too good and doesn't it doesn't picture too good either. And there's nobody there. There's no worship team. There's no um, you can't you know you can't hit uh, you know your smart device and and pull up your iTunes and start listening. What if every other thing else that would help support you was cut off? It's just you and Jesus, just you and the Holy Spirit. So this is one of the things that the, the Lord is saying here in this particular prophecy. Learn to develop a place of intimacy with me apart from anything else. And then everything else, when you receive it, it's just icing on the cake. It just, it, it just feels so wonderful. The Lord said, then I'll visit you. And answers will be the order of the day. Not just mental answers to answer questions, but questions deep inside of you. So the Lord says, out of this intimacy, the questions of the heart will be being answered. It's one thing for a question of the mind, and sometimes they're, it, you, you'd think maybe they're the same, but when God answers a question, you know, when you ask me a mathematical question and I give you the answer, there's no, on the inside, there's no reverberation like, oh, that not only satisfied something mentally for me, it went deep inside of me, and like, yeah, I thank you for giving me that answer that times table or, or or give me the equation or tell me how to fix this or that that's a mental answer and sometimes we a mental answer helps but what god gives us in our communion with him is the answers go way deeper way deeper than the mind way deeper than the mind somebody can be worried about a situation uh in their life and what is the what's the doctrinal truth on it what what does your word say and you know you can just they can ask you the question or you know they can ask you the question you can give them a straight up answer but unless the holy spirit is able to take that and 
give it to them in what we call revelation, where, it's, where it spreads into their spirit and the lights come on, then they can still be in a quandary of trying to figure out things. And this is where intimacy is so important. He says, I'll answer the, I'll answer the questions of your heart. I'll give you the answers that, that meet um, all of everything that you're, you're, you're wanting to, to receive. Paragraph 2, and I'll come and I'll supply even before the manifestation of the healing or deliverance. So here we go into the, the pro- this, this is starts fulfilling the, the title. And the title was Intimacy and Promises before the promise and i'll come and i'll supply even before the manifestation of the healing or the deliverance i will i will place within you a promise a vision of seeing the thing come to pass that you'll live off the meat of the vision you'll live off the inheritance of what of that which is to come in your life that you're believing me for You'll for, for first comes the fellowship and then comes before the manifestation living inside the promise. So do we get that? Let me go over that just a moment. Pastor Dave used to talk about a place called Dunn. You remember that? And uh, this is old vintage when you talk about the place called Dunn because he described it and I... You know, I, I, I don't have the time tonight. I mean, it would, you know, he would talk about it so often it would become part of most everything he said for a while. But the place called done is a place of inheritance that you go to in your spirit by intimacy and worship and praying in tongues. And you begin to possess that place. But more importantly, it begins to possess you. It begins to build an infrastructure on the inside of you so strong that, that before you have it, you have it before you ever have it you have it now that doesn't make sense in the natural but before it's ever physically manifested you've worshiped into a place and seeing the place through worship through intimacy that you you begin to not only do you begin to enter there but that that begins to that begins to gobble you up it begins to be the reality of the world you live in. I remember, now this is before we renovated in here and put this carpet in. And I don't know how many of you were here when the, the real ugly green carpet was here and it just went right down the middle. There was, and that was bare floors. And none of this was up here. And we didn't even have a stage. There was just a little wooden altar here. And uh, that was from the, the church that was before us. So that goes back to our very beginning. But in our very beginning, when I came here, and uh, I was so excited because then I got to, you know, I got to do what Dave talked about. I got to spend my day in prayer. Well, if you're going to be a pastor, um, us pastors do a lot of other stuff, but why wouldn't the first thing that we give ourselves to be the pattern that the apostles set up in the book of Acts when they said, as for us, what we will do, choose you out seven among you. They, they turned the business of the administration of feeding the poor, 
the, the, the Grecian community. Um, they turned that over to well-abled men, but they said, us preachers, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing, what we'll do is give ourselves to prayer and the Word of God. Now, there's really no other description that is the primary description for a true minister of the Lord. So when I got to come here, that's what I was doing, and that's what I've been doing for the last 25 years, primarily. But I remember I went on my first long fast, and right after the first long fast, I mean right after the day of when I got through, I think, uh, the enemy come at one of my daughters, and I mean he came hard with something that was uh, really, really bad, and they said incurable. They said it was incurable, and uh, I thought, no. Well, I knew what it was. I knew the devil had come. I never had done a fast like that. And as soon as it was over, my reward was, uh, your daughter has an incurable disease. Now, I'm not, I'm be, I'm, God didn't reward me with that. But the enemy tried to come and say, you know, you did this. Uh, I'll slap your face off. Don't try this again. And uh, it was real traumatic for us. It was, very, it was very, very difficult for a little while. And I remember I got over here and... Uh, during that time, mostly all I was doing, you know, I, I had my own stuff that I would preach a little bit, but mostly it was just uh, listen to Pastor Dave Roberson on those cassettes, you know, four, five, six hours a day, pray in tongues, and then uh, come out here and, and preach what I heard. But one thing I learned was tenacity in the spirit and not to give up. And I would walk that green carpet and speak over now i'm not saying i was the only one i have a wonderful wife i'm sure she did her part too in getting our daughter healed of this incurable disease but i walked this carpet for hours sometimes a day and spoke to that disease and i i remember now i've heard this said but i'm not saying this as a cliche to say oh yeah i heard others say this but I remember there was something like, uh, it was like I walked through a, it was like I walked through a wall, not literally, but in the spirit. It was like one day, almost like on a step, I stepped past, I stepped out of something, I stepped out of a determination to make sure that my daughter got healed, and I was basing, um, and this still still works, uh, out of Romans, that those who come before him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder, or is that out of Hebrews? Now, yeah, it's out of Hebrews. A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, I knew at some point, if I didn't stop, there was going to be a reward of me diligently seeking him. So I kept saying and saying, not robotically, but I kept saying, and at some point I stepped, I don't know where I was at in this 
then ugly place. But it changed. It was like, that's a reality. Well, you say, well, no, it's a reality when you start. I understand faith, okay? I, I got you, understand. You got to accept it. From, but I'm, something clicked, tweaked. Tweak's a weak word. It's a, it was stronger than a tweak. It was like an absolute, that's it. You remember, I don't know, well, I say you remember. I don't know if you've ever heard Gary Carpenter's testimony. He said uh, back when he, he and Sue were having such a tough time financially and money was staying away in great abundance. You remember that? And he went and he would confess the word on finances or whatever uh, for hours a day. But there was a, one day where it changed. It didn't change in the natural. It changed in the spirit. And it was just the reality, and I'll say this with an absolute truth, having that experience, the reality of that place is as real as if you were believing God for, let's say, a financial breakthrough. And when that came, it came, let's say somebody came up and gave you uh, $20,000 or, you know, you needed it or, or $50,000 or whatever. At that moment, it would be completed in the natural. But when that place that I'm talking about takes place, it's on the par, it's on the equal to as if it had just really happened. So when I stepped over to that place, I, I knew she was healed. I knew she was healed. She wasn't, the doctor said she'll have to, this throughout the rest of her life, even into her adulthood. And uh, she got healed. She was healed. Praise God. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was a little time after that where we were able to start proving it and, and seeing the results of it. And she's, you know, walked healed. But the thing of it was, it happened that day. It really happened the day that Christ went to the cross. But for me, in all believability, it happened inside of me as I continued to stay in that place. And then it became an absolute reality. The place called done for me happened then. And then it was just as if it's really done. You know, some people say, no, pastor, it's always been, I, I know, but I can't go off of your faith. For, for me, that's when it was done. That's when it, it crossed a line. And so he's describing something here before the manifestation living inside of you or before the manifestation living inside of the promise and i'll fellowship with you to the point that before the manifestation whether physically physical healing financial emotional the list would go on and on but you'll rejoice with the same joy inside of you as if the manifestation had taken place hallelujah so dave used to talk about that place called done um there's ways in which you can speed up that process. I remember uh, Gary did some really wonderful teachings on the God of hope. And uh, he brought into, you know, the, the, uh, the difference between um, confession, which is perfect. That's part of it. And I was just talking about confession. But then, uh, and he... He brought that along with how that, you know, God changed Abraham's name, changed it from Abram to Abraham. 
and told him, you know, basically, this is your name. And he was kind of forced into repeating that everywhere he went. That changed him, his confession, his vocal. But then there was the also, uh, and I'm not teaching this tonight, so I'm kind of skimming through it, but, but I'm simply saying the, there was a visionary which is, speaks of hope. And t- God took him out in the desert and said, look at the stars. This is going to be, uh, your, your seed is going to be as the stars. So that changed him in vision. And I remember, and I, and I really believe that part of my change with my daughter was I not only said it enough that I began to see it. I said it and saw it. But that was one of the things that I remember Gary saying, had he known more about the God of hope as in seeing something, it would have sped up the process of just saying it. But Dave said something else. Dave said, uh, he's, he's preached both those things, saying it and seeing it. But I, re- I remember hearing a message from him. See, there was a third part of the equation. And it wasn't just saying and seeing, but the other part that Dave said that added to him was not just the saying and seeing, but it was the intimacy. It was the worship. Because then he got to, to a place where not only was he saying and seeing, but he was worshiping out of a place where he was thanking the Lord and, and there was a rapport going on inside of him for what he had done. And that intimacy for what he had done through the cross and through redemption just kind of pulled everything together. So intimacy is so important. It's so important. So important. Hallelujah. There's a... In fact, let's go to... uh, In truth, I should say. Let's go to to Hebrews before I read the, the rest of this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. So we were talking about Abraham. But I want to read this one part here about seeing how important it is and possessing something. In particular, this prophecy is talking about seeing it and it becoming part of you even before it's physically manifested. Um see where I want to start here. I want to be in chapter 11 and I want to be um, in verse 17. And it's talking about, and previously up to this, it's talking about Abraham in different places. But we're going to take a snippet of, of what the Lord is sharing about Abraham concerning um, his faith as a, he's part of this, hallmark of faith of people in the chapter chapter 11 but verse 17 says this by faith by faith abraham when he was tried offered up isaac and he that had received the promise the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in isaac shall thy seed be who said it god said it God said that in Isaac, your, your seed shall be. Accounting, in other words, he, this is the way he saw God. 
This is the way Abraham saw God, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now this is talking about when God uh, proved Abraham and said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and take him to Mount, I believe it's Moriah, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. I mean, <laughs> here the poor guy had went childless all his life. He had one child that really, you know, he shouldn't have had, but it wasn't the child of promise. But he, he believes God all, all his life for a child, and then God says, I want you to go and sacrifice him. So what, what, what's the deal on that? So what makes... Have you ever thought about this? Here, here are these pagan gods, um, Moloch. They wanted children sacrificed. They wanted the children sent through the fire. They wanted sacrifice of children. So now they're evil. They're gods originating from... Uh, the Canaanites and all those, and they came up through David's time and infiltrated through Solomon and really, really t terrible. But this true living God says to Abraham, I want you to take your son and sacrifice. The only thing was the difference, the major difference, there was a promise with this. I will raise him up. I will raise him. Well, why did God do it even to start with? Well, for one, without... I mean, this is a s seminar teaching. I mean, you can go for weeks. God was using Abraham to mediate a covenant with his son, his coming son in the earth, Jesus. And he needed a, a stand-in witness, which was Abraham, to stand there and witness this thing. And in a certain sense, he needed an intercessor in the earth. Abraham, you as a human... If you'll offer up your son, then I promise I'll offer up my son. But God had already given him a promise, and Isaac is all your will your seed be. The, the whole earth, as in Christianity, the seed of Christ, will be populated through your son Isaac. I will raise him up. So it says, accounting that God, verse 19, was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he received him in a figure. We'll go on here with a prophecy in just a moment. This is very, very important. The word figure here is the word parabole, parabole. And it's the same word that we get the word parable from. The same word that, you know, if you're reading and it says, and Christ spoke a parable unto them, it's the same word, parable. It says here, in essence, that Abraham received Isaac back from the dead in a parable. Now, a parable is a narrative that Jesus gave these narratives. They were life pictures to paint something spiritual. Abraham, through his faith in Christ, even though Christ is not, or through his faith in God, created a narrative that said if i sacrifice him 
I will only imagine that God is going to raise him up. If, and, and God's affirming this through his word, that I spoke this to Abraham, Abraham had this in him. This is what God is saying in this prophecy. You better come, for us to get to the place for revival, we better have a running narrative inside of us, a parabole, that sees it before it happens to the point that it captivates us so deeply that it's more than just our word confession. It's an absolutely, I'll give up my son. What a, what a, what a type and shadow. I will go to the place, I'll give up my son, because if I do, God will raise him from the dead. Now, I don't even know in this, of course, God's not going to do that because that's all been fulfilled. But that type of faith, you know, Christ's already come, so God will never ask anybody to ever even attempt that. But that kind of faith, to trust God to that point, have I come to that? Oh, I'm seeking God on a daily basis. But for me to boast and say, oh, yeah, I have, would be foolishness. But we've got to come to a place where the thing that we're desiring, not just the personal thing, but this thing called outpouring, is seen and felt to where we're, oh yeah, I'm not trying to impress you. I, don't even, I won't even say too much about it unless you ask. But we're living inside of it. See, Kenneth Hagin said, the moment that you ever get to where you're willing to stand forever in your whatever you're going, you know, what did he say in this part here? Whatever it is, financial, emotional, physical. Uh, when you cross that line, when you really do cross that line, and because you've been living in your parable, when you cross it, and the reality in that parable for you is just as strong, it, it'll be just as strong as the reality of the real thing, and it'll carry you until the, what we call the real thing or the natural thing takes place. Now, I'd rather have the check. Well, <laughs> I'd rather get the diagnosis back that the cancer's gone. Well, yes, I, I understand that. But I'm telling you, there is a place called done. And you, there, you don't even know how to get there unless he takes you there. But we do know how to get there. There's called four pillars. You stay at it, a parabole will be painted inside of you if you stay at it long enough and hard enough. There is a, an ecstaticness that it, we're back to the prophecy now. There is an ecstaticness that's produced out of the soul when someone wants to mimic what they would feel like if the manifestation took place. But there is a manifestation out of the spirit having lifted holy hands and worshipped me for the hours, for the things coming to pass, and the birthing of that thing being placed so deep within your spirit that the, re excuse me, that the rejoicing doesn't come out of the mind or out of the mimic of the flesh trying to produce something in the spirit. Have you ever seen, and maybe I shouldn't say this because I, I hate to bring back pictures of things that, you know, where you isolate people, but We've all, in generality, we've all seen people trying to put on a real, real spiritual front. A real like, oh, they're just, you know, man, 
you know, just real, I'm jazzed up, I'm happy, I'm happy. Why? Because I, I got this thing, I got this thing. Oh, bless God, praise God, glory to God. And you're like, man, you're putting a lot of energy into that. Real done faith is quiet. But my God, it's as steady as the rock of Gibraltar. It's just like you can't. <laughs> I'm thinking of something about part of this coming up is like when you get it. I appreciate. Anybody that joins with me in faith. And it'll help. Although I do know this numbers. Are not. Uh, numbers alone as in how many people you can get praying is not the relevance to getting it done it's the level of authority now if you get some people with maturity working in authority with you that really helps but for god god's hitting a calculator and saying oh i've got ten thousand praying uh you know like let, let's put this on facebook and let's put this out there where everybody can see it because a whole lot of people praying you got a whole lot excuse me you got, sometimes you got a whole lot of flesh a whole lot of flesh i'd rather have just a couple of people that walk really with god are people they're not perfect but they're people they walk with god if I'm going through something that they're standing with me. But I've seen people a lot of times put on a front like, but God is describing something here that's deeper than a mimic. You can, you can mimic spiritual things. I got it, Pastor. Woo, we got it, I got it, I got it. And then two days later, you're trying to pull them out of the pit of depression. I got it doesn't go up and down. It is not, it's not like the stock market is. The stock market is boop, 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 boop. I mean, especially in the last year and a half. It's the most volatile. I've got it done. I've got it from a done. Is I've got it on blue days. I've got it on bad report days. I've got it on happy days. I've got it on. You, you don't need a like I'm I'm all jazzed up. I'm real happy. Let's uh. Let's go have pizza and let's have a good time because I got my victory. No, that, that, you may get a, a bad report tomorrow and all that go out the window. Well, what happened to your victory? Well, I saw it. I thought I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I see it and it becomes a part of me is a place called done. And at that point, it's not an arrogance. It's really not an arrogance. You appreciate people standing with you. But it's like if people don't stand with you, if, they, if you said, man, I appreciate you praying. I got this thing done. And they'd say, you know what? I forgot to pray. <laughs> don't be offended. You, wherever that place is that you get to, it's absolutely done. Hallelujah. I like this. I read and preached until I don't know where I've read to. It's what? Where where where'd you say here? But I'll come to okay, thanks. So you should put your finger in your on the prophecy. I do have a pen here, I should have marked it. But I'll come to true worshipers. 
They'll have what they say because the intimacy will produce it. And dwelling in that place where I live, they'll live in that place before that place is actually produced in the natural. They'll live in the same joy. So I say unto you, which is better? Well, I'm thinking the check, actual, or the cash, actually, you know, or when they report is like, you know, I'm thinking that. But here's what Spirit says. This is what, for they all are the same. Living in the place and before the place becomes a place to you where you feed off of the promise that you have inside. You've got to, you've got to have a place where you're feeding off of. Well, I pray in tongues. Well, that's, that's getting us there. That's what we're feeding. But once this thing is birthed, even before it comes, you can feed off of it. It's like it'll wake you up in the middle of the night and you're like, I'm so happy. What, did, what changed in the natural? I, this is where he says that he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. And you're like, I don't even know why that I'm happy or why this, or I'm not, a, the thing has not been settled. <laughs> it's still out there as an issue, but it's done. Hallelujah. There's no discussion. You'll know when your faith has come to maturity and you're on the verge of the natural verge because God wants to bring it into the natural. He wants to he wants to check that off of your things to do list. When you need no encouragement, that's when you'll, you'll know when you need no encouragement from any other source to prop you up to encourage you in the thing that you're believing or uh, that you're believing. For when, you're, uh, when you've come to the place where you and I fellowship over it and I'm able to get my faith over to you, what's his faith? Well, it's the, the Jude kind of faith, building yourself up on your most holy faith. The Holy Spirit joins with you and ministers to you. And you're living in my faith with yours. There'll be no necessity. Whether someone joins with you or does not join with you, it'll be immaterial. You won't even search. This is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way of my intercessors. This is the way those who walk in intimacy, says the Spirit of the Lord, find this place. Give your life for this place. Sell what you have, if necessary, to buy more time for this place. Your kids are worth this place. You'll not save them through events. You'll not save them through affirming and doing things for them to show your love for them. Those will only be part. It'll be part and partisan. It's my spirit that works through you as an intercessor that'll bring them in and they'll be part of the outpouring. It's that authority. All affirmation in the flesh are only part, but even but never can fulfill, says the Spirit of grace. I'm thinking about this as I'm reading it, so bear with me because I'm thinking about the parents that go to every and i'm not against this that go to because it's it's good to show your love for them you're you're supporting them if you do this sort of thing and it's fine they go to every soccer game they go to every baseball game they go to every football game but that's 
that's their way of affirming. It's got to be more than that. If you don't have the insurance, what's the insurance? The insurance is, it's okay to do that, but you better have something a lot deeper than that. You better have your own spiritual walk with the Lord because that spiritual walk is the very thing that will influence those kids. It'll bring them in. Young or old, adult, teenager, what have you. Now let's go on to the, to the uh, next prophecy. Are you getting anything out of this? Well, I'm sure that you are because the Holy Spirit spoke the prophecies, even if I'm, uh, I don't know, however, whatever level I'm, I'm able to, to give explanation, but he spoke the prophecy, so they are good. I know they're good. This one is divide yourself and take off the mask. It's a short two-paragraph prophecy. Let's start. Can a well spring forth both bitter and sweet? Now, obviously, he's, he's, he's speaking out of James. Can a well spring forth both bitter and sweet, says the Spirit of the Lord? Can figs produce olives or a vine figs? He's asking us a question to get something across. I say unto you, no, says the Spirit of the Lord. For that which many of you take up as sweet water, as a sweet water well has within it those things that will destroy. But I'm asking you to divide yourself and take off the mask, says the Spirit of the Lord. So he's going here, because I've read this, you know, a few times, and, and um, we'll read this next paragraph, and, but I'm telling you what I'm going to say in advance in, in what the Lord had said. He's really going to get down to the end about all of this being bitter and sweet, uh, you know, olives and figs and all the difference and this, that, and the other for the purpose of saying we've got to distinguish what are distractions in our life. What are true God-given things versus the enemy's distractions? Because this is the plight. This is the road of the revivalists. This is the road uh, that really, and I hear that blueprint prophecy that goes all the way into God. But if the enemy can divert us, see everything that he could possibly throw at this church, Tulsa, Dayton, the leadership. My heart hurts. I really, in a good way, not in a, I don't, I'm not anxious but there's a there's a group of you that's hardcore that just somehow just keep you know like you're like a timex you just keep on ticking you take a lick and keep on ticking you know it doesn't matter you go through diagnosis with your bodies you go through all kinds of stuff and you're just here year after year after year and uh you know you see it when there's more people there's not less people it just it doesn't matter you just keep somehow you found enough root and it doesn't matter what the distraction is. You, you just keep going. But then there's another group that really does love God. And I watch them. It's like every time they get their head just above water. As like coming to church and being consistent. It's like. And it's, it's really no fault of their own in that sense of the word. 
it's just Mark 4, the enemy just comes to slap the you-know-what out of them just to try to get them, you know, and, and sometimes it's serious stuff. And sometimes it's like, there you again, you don't see them for another while because they're trying to catch their breath. It's the same old, same old thing. And I'm not saying that as something against them. I'm saying my heart hurts because I know it's the same old devil. Because he wants to stop every single one of us, whether you're a leader in this group, whether you're an intermediate, or whether you're just starting out. He's only got, he, he kills, steals, and destroys, but he's got a number of different ways in which he wants to take the word from us. Some of those are, you know, uh, um, persecution, cares of this life. That's when you get, you know, diagnosis. And it's real. And you're like, oh, my God. And uh, it hurts too much to come to church sometimes. And all those kinds of things. But then there are those. These are the ones I think are more. Less discernible. There's the. Um, there's the distractions of. Of uh, persecution. And then there's the distractions of promotion. Are good things. The, the, the distraction of promotions are a higher level takeout. He wants us to be to where that we're living in a place called done with him to where it doesn't matter if it's sickness See, Dave, Dave used to always say, persecution wants out. In other words, if you slap me, I mean, push me down and start taking my finances, start taking my health, that'll discourage me. But usually you pick yourself up and say, man, I only got one way out. I got to I got to look up. I got to I got I need help. God help. So then you start doing the four pillars and God helps. But he said promotion wants in in other words it wants in that lifestyle it won't it does promotion you don't want to you don't want to say scat cat <laughs> what are you talking about promotion well let's see uh let's say for instance you are let's say for instance you develop a prayer life of you're on this walk and you start praying and you're doing more than windshield time and windshield time listen god has talked to me a bunch i'm talking about pray going down the road and busy and god god loves to talk to you at all times i've got some great revelation and god the holy spirit's come into the car and so he'll do that i don't discount prayer in any place it that works God will work with you doing laundry. He'll work with you on your computer. Work, but you've got to have some. You've got to to birth to birth this thing. You've got to have some uh, um, glutus maximus stationary time. Does everybody know where the your glutus maximus is? Okay. So you got to have some glutus maximus sit down stationary time. Just going, just praying as you go all the time, if that's your life, that's not going to help completely birth this thing. 
Well, let's say a man gets to a place where he can spend not just windshield time, but he's actually developed. He's, he feels like he's, you know, I got I to gotta help pastor with this or, or a woman. I got to help pastor with this. Uh, I'm trying to explain something here. I'm trying to give you an illustration of how promotion can distract. Okay. He develops a two, uh, he, he starts praying at least two hours a day, which is pretty good. That's, pr- that's pretty good. He, maybe he gets up at five. That's a early, real early for some people. Maybe he gets up at six. He's got to be at, on his job at eight thirty nine o'clock. Okay. And, uh, Let's say he's through time and he's a married man, he's got kids. So he knows I, when I get home, I'm going to play with my kids. I'm going to visit with my wife, eat supper, shower, and go to bed, you know. Um, and he develops to two hours a day. Let's say he's doing 10 hours a week. Let's say he's doing Monday through Friday, two hours a day. And he takes Saturday off to play with his kids. And he figures Sunday is a day that I'm in church, so that'll take care of my prayer time and that's really you know you know what if if 90 percent of the preachers did 10 hours a week we'd probably already had revival you know statistically i you don't want to know you do not want to know how how many hours that most american preachers actually spend uh before the lord um so somebody said well he doesn't fellowship with time. No, but time is relevant. It is relevant. It's, it, it's, it, 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 you, you have to spend time for things to take place. So let's say he had two hours a day that he'd been doing that, that God had established that. And uh, he, you know, so that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's braggable. I mean, you know, in a good sense, you know, keep that between you and the Lord, but so, but listen, a hundred and what is there like, there's like one, 168 hours in a week. Isn't that right? 24 hours a day times seven. Is that two times seven is 140? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like 28. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, so 10, that's not even 10% though. So 10 hours out of 168, we, it, if we gave him that, and uh, you know, that's pretty good. But let's say, for instance, in this, what the Lord is saying here, and we'll read this last paragraph and we'll be done. Let's say, for instance, he's working a job and somebody comes to him and says, or let's say his manager comes to him and this guy's been working up for years in a, in a job. He's been there 10 years. They've been watching him. Let's, it might be an executive job. It may be you know, a, a higher-end job. And they say, look, we've watched you. You're really good. Uh, you're in a, they, let's say he's already in a manager's position. But let's say people in higher offices or higher come to him and say, look, we want to put you in a director's position. We want you to direct managers. Um, you do an excellent job for us. You're making us money. You're, uh, you're doing a, a great job. Um, well, what does it entail? Well, as far as. A salary, it's twenty five thousand extra a year. It's pretty good. It's a company car. It's an expense account with a credit card. And I mean, you like the business. The business is an honest place. What what do I got to do? Well, as a director, what you've got to do is 
your, your usual time is you come in here at 9, you've got to be showing up here as a director, you've got to be here at 7. So you're thinking, man, that's, uh, your, your first initial re thought is 25000 extra a year, I don't have to move, I get a company car, um, an expense account, and all I got to do is show up at 7 to have directors meetings with, you know, cause I'm going to manage. So sounds really good. The only thing is, can I think about it a couple of days? When do you, if you, if your attitude is like, well, this is from the Lord. This is from the Lord. God's promoting you. Okay. Is he? Because let's, let's talk about, uh, what does the word say? Um, figs. Can figs produce olives or a vine figs? Is it from the Lord? Is it from the Lord? What, 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 what am I giving up? I, let's see, I've got to be at work at 7 instead of 9 now. That was, two, that was my two hours of prayer time. So you either got to find, I've, you've either got, so you, you've either got this attitude like, I, I'm not going to think about that. This is a promotion from the Lord. That, I'll make it up somewhere. No, there's only 24 hours. God made time for a reason. Now, God made time. How is time made? Time is made by the sun. The sun is, is what makes time. All time consists from a solar system. It's the rotation of the earth revolving around the sun. The, the, the revolving is the seasons. The rotation daily, sunlight is the 24. Time came through uh, the fall. The earth was cursed. Man received a curse. But time, that's one of the only things that ever made it through and it wasn't changed. Uh, time was before the fall, and time made it right through the fall and never changed. So God never did anything else with time. So you've only got 24 hours in a day. So you say, God established, a, you know, I was, I was putting in, I, I was making money, but now I've got a promotion, but God established that two hours. Now, then here's where you go to God and say, Lord, is there any other place that I can make this up? Because I can't, I will not give this up. Because if there's no other place, if you can't make that up, if you still, if you, you got to play with your kids, eat supper, go to bed, you got, you're only a certain amount of things that you can do in a day. <laughs> so, so you spend all those hours, you got you to potty, you got to eat, you got to go to sleep. If you say, I'm just going to, it's a promotion, it's 25000 it's a credit, it's a credit card, it's, uh, and it's prestige. It's prestige. I don't know where I'll make it up, but I'll make it up somewhere. The promotion was destruction. And I'm sorry, you just sold your prayer time for $25,000. That, that, your price tag was uh, my, promo, my, my prayer time. How much is your prayer time worth? Well, um, I just sold it for $25,000 a year. But I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it up on the road. I'm going to ride up and down. What I used to spend, what God established for me, I'm just going to ride up and down the road and pray in tongues. Now that does, if you've already got that established and you know it was from God, you just sold it. You just actually went and sold it and then named it and said, 
it was a it was a it was a fig or it was something that God it was something from the tree of life. No, it wasn't. Let's read this last paragraph. For those who are willing to uh, have willing ears to hear, these are words of life. For those who will make excuses and become offended at these things are those who will not judge themselves, and yet I still love them, of course he does, and cherish them as well. But those who will come in and say, I believe you, Lord, that you're asking us to safeguard ourselves against where others have failed. See, I'm... Now, I'm, this isn't discipleship training. I'm, I'm talking to revivalists. I'm talking to people that will trade their life. Well, how will I ever make any more money if I don't put it? Listen, all I know is if you choose God, he will promote you. He might have you start your own business and work half the time and make five times the money. But I'm telling you, you can't sell your prayer time. You can't sell it. These will be those who will take up arms with me and as I said in pre, the, the previous blueprint prophecies, that they will be those who, after purging themselves from all distractions, will come into loving, into loving prayer time more than they love anything else in this life, says the Spirit of the Lord. I'm closing with this for, for real. Uh, maybe this is a homework closing. No, it's, it's 10 till. I gotta, um, well, we've got to get Homer up here again soon. Um, I think about when I'm saying this, um, my, my own daughter and, uh, my own daughter, Davy, that's my youngest, mine and Candy's youngest, how that she's been working at a school, a preschool in Naples for probably 10 years, I'd say close to 10 years. And, uh, she's went through. And it's a big school. It's not like uh, when, I mean, when you get there, I've went to some of their fellowships. I mean, there's hundreds there, you know, kids and adults. There'll be hundreds there. It's a it's a big, big place. So she's been working herself up. They love her there. She's been working herself up. Going through schooling, like taking college courses to get more certification. She actually is certified to where she could open up her own daycare now. So um, that's really cool. But last year, she went, they came to her, and, and, and I believe, and I have to ask her this, and she'd say, Dad, why are you telling anybody everywhere? I, anyway, but it's all good what I'm saying. They asked her, um, would you like the director job? It was either the assistant or the actual director's job. Now, recently, somebody has left that job, and I think they again asked her after a year and a half to take the job. And uh, if she was interested in taking the job, it meant she already makes really good money, but it meant a, it meant a lot more money, more money. It meant as a director of all these um, these teachers, and it, that's prestigious. And uh, it, it just meant a whole a whole lot more. And it was like, you know, you'd think, boy, this is a promotion in life. The only thing is, she was like, you know what, what does that entail? Well, you're going to have to, uh, when everybody else goes home, of course, the director has to stay, you know, two or three extra hours. And she's like, no, I can't do that with my kids. I can't do that. My kids right now, 
You know, if my kids were pretty much grown, teenagers, maybe. But no, I, I, I was so, Candy and I were so proud that she didn't take thousands of dollars extra in a promotion because her kids were more important than the promotion. Some people would think, oh, no, I'm doing this for my kids. Well, no, wait a minute. You spend your whole life and you say you, you make all the money to do it for your kids, but your kids never saw you, and then they don't even love you anymore because they never saw you. You made the bunches of money to give them, but they don't. And she said, no, I, I can't do that because I, that would mean I wouldn't get home till like 7 o'clock at night or something or whatever. Yeah, it's more money. Some people think money is the, like, that's a promotion. No. And I'm only saying that to say this. It's not always a money issue. There's a lot of things in this life that'll come and it'll look like a promotion. Well, sir, you're an independent contractor. I've got 15 other contracts here for you. You can supply. Uh, here's an open door for a whole bunch more business. Wow, that's wonderful. Is it? Because you only got 168 hours a week. And now, unless you've got, now some people know how to duplicate themselves and they've got it all like figured out where they've got a whole bunch of people underneath them and more won't take away more time. It's just they can direct. But if it means like, oh, wow, that's tons of more money. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another $300,000 a year. And, and your brain will say, I'll give that to the church. But then it's so takes all your time all your energy you stop praying you're wore out because when you get home you're so wore out you can't pray then you get half backslidden and the church never gets none of that money that you made so it was all a big piece of junk it wasn't a promotion and that's how the church thinks and the holy spirit keeps warning us watch promotions as much as you watch persecution because okay? promotions can be as bad as the devil slapping you with sickness. Okay. All right, we're just a few minutes before the magical hour of 9 o'clock. Thank you for staying with us. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Grace Christian, that, uh, uh, that you didn't have your pastor, but you did, you know, you were entrusted. Your pastor entrusted you, I hope, in good hands. We love you so much. Let's all stand tonight. Hallelujah. So... If, uh, you know, there's an offering basket at the back door and it'll be available uh, for you to drop something off. Of course, Grace Christian, you'll wait with your offering and, and give it on Sunday. And everybody watching, uh, if, if Grace Christian is your church, make sure you're giving. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, we love you. We thank you for these prophecies, these uh, present day speakings that you speak in our life. You're doing everything Lord, you can, and we say yes, we say yes, and we love you. Thank you for this goodness, in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Amen.